Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. In this week's episode, the guys cover some pros and cons of new build homes and communities, all while enjoying Uncle Nearest 1856 bourbon. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. I am Charlie Sardelli, and I'm here with... Jameson Amros. Hello, hello, Oscar Ibarra. And uh, today's episode is going to be very informative. I I hope so. I, I mean, I, I would I'd like I to think so. all of our episodes are informative. All right, guys. So on uh, this week's episode, what we really want to do for you is break down new build homes and communities a little bit. Yep. What we're going to do is give you uh, some of the pros and some of the cons, so you can take that information for yourself and see what might work best for you if you want to go new build or if something else might be a better option for you. Yep. So I mean, as far as as far as the episode, it's going to have. A wonderful, wonderful slew of information for you. Yep, agreed. Maybe I don't know. I, I think for first-time listeners, they could. Be I like, did hold the sales associate license for automobiles at one point. You oh. would. You would. <laughs> that does not surprise me I, in the least. I Is did. that where the look started? No, actually, I was scared to go into that lot. It was scary. Okay. It was, yeah, uh, you it, told me it, it was one of those buy here, pay here kind of places. <laughs> I was doing a favor for a friend, and he was like, we need someone who speaks Spanish. Do you want to help us out? You know who you are. Oscar and I was like, see. Si. I said, see. Si. Si. And then I showed up, and I was like, no. <laughs> I was out. Well, guys, remember, uh, we have episodes come out every Friday on yep. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much all the major uh, platforms. And uh, we're actually excited to announce that we're – Launching our new YouTube channel this week. Yes, sir. So you guys have heard us over the last couple of weeks give you the mile high perspective, name yep. tag, and email. So we're actually going to move over to our entire channel is going to be the mile high perspective. Uh, like I said, last week we have community spotlights. We have little short videos. We have the podcast. We have um, TikTok videos, Instagram videos, just a bunch of great information uh, for you guys to utilize at any time and whenever you need it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited about that because of the neighborhood spotlighting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really like that. And I think maybe in the future we incorporate something like that into this show, but yeah, I think cool, there are going to yeah. be clips there. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. You and get we'll to know. Be, we can even do like, you know, top taco spots. Exactly. Ooh. Or, you know, best sandwich spots in North Glen. Like yep. little stuff like that. Whatever you guys want to see also, mm-hmm. let us know in the comments. Give me a reason to yeah. go. <laughs> Legit, eat some food. Yeah, we yeah, like food. to go explore. I'm down. If you, mm-hmm. you, if you twist my arm to go to Machete Tacos in Cherry Creek, for you guys, I'll do it. Machete Tacos. So Actually, cool. Machete Tacos is Awesome. I love Machete Tacos. I love Machete Good shout out. Good shout out. You I know, like it. Hey, Machete Tacos. You, you know, but they're, they're going to tell you, they're going to tell you, well, go to Morrison Street and spotlight down there. And we'll be like, mm. <laughs> Where's the Morrison Street? Like? Actually, um, Morrison Street off of Alameda and Morrison going to Sheridan. Oh, by the, by, by, by here now, car. <laughs> Ish. 80219 zip code. Um, I like it. I but like there's it. a, there's a great restaurant there. Um, I forget the name, but it's uh, Frida. It's all themed with Frida, and Ooh, it has to do with mm-hmm. that. It's really good. It's really authentic. Um, great place. Yeah, great see, we'll place. do we'll do stuff like yeah, that. We'll, whatever we can to the YouTube. So make sure you guys. We're gonna launch it, hopefully today. Yeah. Um, or if not this week, subscribe, like, comment, let us know, give us a review. Uh, if you guys are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you guys are listening to us wherever you're listening to us, give us a review. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah, I have my son actually grab my phone, and he's like. Subscribe to my daddy. No, I'll, I'll post that. Don't <laughs> yeah, make me post that. Right? Yes, use the children. Yes. I like it. I like it. Well, puppies I mean, and kids. That's what people in, like, right? In the in in the realm of amazing stories, uh, this bourbon that we have, I think is on par with the with the nine eleven back background. Yeah, it's gave. a cool story. Yeah, especially and we apologize. We're one day late. We're one day late. We are one day late on uh, Black History Month, 
And the reason that we bring that up is because this bottle, in all honesty, is something that changed bourbon ownership mm -hmm. for the long haul. Uh, so the bourbon that we're drinking today is going to be Uncle Ernest 1856. Oh, sorry. Excuse Uncle, me. Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. Yes. 1856. I believe it's 100 proof. Yes, it is. Nathan Green was his actual name. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jameson, you, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the guy. Get let's the do background. it. All right, let's do it. I, I might, can, can I like, intersect just a few words? Go for it. I had neuropics today, so I was like reading everything, and I came in, and I was making <laughs> eye contact with you guys. It was a little aggressive, but... <laughs> You know, it, it is what it is. This is the man that nobody knew, Jameson. It is the man that nobody knew. It's, I mean, just just a story alone. And then also, it's interesting how, how they make this bourbon. I didn't realize that all Tennessee whiskey bourbon was made in this way. Um, and when Jameson starts going over the, uh, the background here, he'll kind of go into what that is. And it's really cool because hearing how it's made really adds into the drinking experience on this one for me, especially because the smell on it. Yep. already um, complements that that story. And has a little bit of a church background, too. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that, that ties into Lent, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, we're so covering all bases, baby. We're covering bases. Um, I mean, there, there's so much that goes into the story of this bourbon. But essentially, it was it was made by, by somebody that history kind of didn't know existed up until really 2016, which is crazy. Um, and there was a... Uh, uh, individual that went out and was doing essentially like a book report on Tennessee whiskey and specifically Jack Daniels in the history of the Jack Daniels distillery. Mm -hmm. And through the research, um, this individual, her name is Fawn Weaver. She discovered the story of uncle Nearest. and uncle Nearest was a former slave. And again, back in 1856, that's where the, the, um, yep. uh, the name comes from who became a master distiller and wide known for the way that he distilled whiskey. And the way he did it was he actually ran it through maple barrels before transferring the whiskey to age in charcoal barrels. So, so this is somebody who not only survived slavery, but Correct. then came out and made a fine bourbon that was hired yep. by Jack Daniels. Exactly. And nice. like, uh, like nice. Oscar said, his name was Nathan Green. Okay. Some individuals insisted his name was Nearest Green. Ah, and he became okay. known in, um, I believe it was Lincoln County, uh, in in uh, Tennessee, became known as Uncle Nearest. And it was he, he, he. They coined him that he perfected the Lincoln County process. Yes, which is, which is the a bur a maple whiskey. distilling into charcoal barrels, which is yep. as and we're going to find out. Yep. We're going to see. So the cool part about this whiskey, other than the fact that it was from a, a very little known former slave that went on to distill this this whiskey. He also uh, essentially mentored a young Jack Daniels and um, was the first head distiller of Jack Daniels. That's awesome. Which That's is so cool. crazy. Yeah. Um, and if you get into the other part of the story, fast forward to 2017 with Fawn Weaver, she became the CEO and founder of Uncle Nearest. And that makes nice. her the first African-American woman to head a major distilling company. Awesome. What I'm talking about. I and mean, their board of, how... I believe it's the board of directors. I don't want to get this wrong because it's absolutely, it's a really, really cool story. And um, so she is, it is the first American spirit brand with an all female executive team. So the head distiller, which her name is on every single bottle. I mean, you guys probably can't see it, but it's right down here. Um, the master distiller, a master blender is Victoria Edie Butler. Okay. Phenomenal. 
So it's just a cool, it's a cool story. It was, they went to go look for a story about Jack Daniels. Mm -hmm. They found that uncle nearest was a thing. They founded an entire spirit company using his recipe. And that is the, his distilling process, the Lincoln County distilling process separates Tennessee whiskey from every other major spirit and how it's being distilled. So, So rewind just a bit. The original where, where, where it all grew from was Dan call. Yep. He was a Lutheran pa- uh, Lutheran preacher, mm-hmm. and um, he was distilling, and the church came to him and said, look, you can't be doing this. This is very ungodly, blah, blah, blah. He was very into distilling, distilling the, 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 the whiskey, and just left it there and heard about Nathan Green, yep. that he was, he was pretty good. So he brought him in, and he perfected that, and he took over the, the process and remained on, on the farm. I don't know the, the name of the farm uh, as a free free man. That's beautiful. Distilling. Uh, uh, they were big on on fattening swine. You know, and, yeah. and I don't know if they turned a blind eye when all that. You know, they couldn't drink anymore because the county loved to see the farming going on. And as long as there was smoke in the air, the distilling was happening, and, they, and cool. they loved it. It was so good that they just let it go. It's That's cool because it was like like Oscar said, right? It was like his calling card. Yeah, was you just see the smoke over the hill, and you know, hey, nearest green is 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 making Doing his, his whiskey, and he's filtering it through maple charcoal. That is awesome, and then into the charcoal barrels, which we'll see, gives it that really kind of sweet mm-hmm. overtures of of smell and taste. Um, we tasted a little bit before the episode. Full disclosure, yes, yes, <laughs> uh, it was good, but we're mm-hmm. now going to actually taste it yeah. and see what we think. We've been letting it breathe for a couple minutes while we talked about it, but it's a cool story just from its origins mm-hmm. and from a kind of rags to riches type of thing. Yep, it's it's and something the mentor that, of Jack Daniels. I mean, come right. on, that guy's it's known he's as a American big guy, yeah. he's exactly a American big name. whiskey. Right? Yep, and then to mm-hmm. now have an all female executive board. Yep, um, you know, African American CEO and founder of a major still oh, not only African American but a woman. African-American. Yeah. That's it's, huge. It's, Fantastic. it's amazing. And just so you guys know, like from an award standpoint, whoo doggy. Um, these guys have won a lot. So they are the most awarded bourbon for 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. Fuck yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's huge awesome. because how many bourbons are out there now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's tons. Well, tons. And, it's, and even through those years, that means that people were sitting at home uh-huh. and had the time to drink through a bunch of bourbon. And this is the yep. one that they that they decided, and, and this is the one that got all the awards. Exactly. And I mean, I am so I'm so excited. And for me, like, uh, I have a soft spot for history, right? And just just human history in general. Just stories, people's yeah, stories. Right? Yeah. Well, and yeah. the fact that now I'm sitting here in in 2023, yeah, and I'm drinking an original mash build from 1856. I, that that's amazing to me. That's amazing. I'm excited. Yep. So let's go ahead and get a let's get this first sip in and. Get a cheers. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Oh. Oh. Thick it easy. Thick it easy. I swear we only had a Thick it easy. Oh, my notes are all blotches now. Oscar just spilled it all over his pants. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just hey, kidding. so Charlie, real quick while we're doing this. Yeah. And if anybody that's watched the, um, watched the video portion of this, every time we taste something, we swirl it and we let it sit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we let it breathe. Yep. Why? Well, that's just because it allows the, the bourbon, just like wine, to open up. So it, in all honesty, it allows the, the particulates and everything inside to get moving. Mm-hmm. And in a micro scale, it opens up. 
the molecules within the drink, which then allows more of that flavor to come yep. out. Cool. And hence the glass that we're drinking out of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Glen Karen. Yep. yep. Which a lot of, I, I served this at my house with, I thought were good bourbon drinkers. Yeah. And yep. they were asking me why I was serving it in a shot glass. And I said, you fools. <laughs> you, you uncultured you swine. You uncultured sons of bitches. <laughs> this is a Glen Karen. This is a proper. Yeah. Yep. I, well, I gave a little bit of history, but then I was like, just drink it. Well, yeah. Well, and, and that's honestly, that that's the cool thing about bourbon is there's so many different elements that go into right. the drinking experience, whether it's the glass, whether it's how it's aged, if it's taken out of a barrel, put back in a barrel, where it's, uh, you know, where it's humidity is, is regulated, stuff like that. So I think I think that it's really cool for us to see and explore these different bourbons from different areas um, that, at the end of the day, really just add up to a beautiful American selection of bourbon and whiskey. Every, every, every yes. bourbon has its story, not just its origin, but the process. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's what you're tasting, and you get to respect and honor the process and yep. the, the history of the bourbon. Yep. 100%. Agreed. And I will say, so I don't know about you guys, but um, already just from the nose, I am getting a lot of that maple up front. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a yeah. lot of Absolutely. that sweetness is coming through, especially since we have it sitting now and we didn't get the neck pour, <laughs> as Talk Oscar about talked that. about last week. Uh, so I, I like the sweetness that, that you get from, from the smell. Um, I will also say that I can tell it's 100 proof. Yep. Just, just by the smell, you, you, can, you get that, that, that tinge of the nose hair <laughs> where it's, oh, okay, this is, this is alcohol. This is going to be this is gonna put me down. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take, take my first sip and see how it goes. And again, I don't know the process of when you talk about something, you're going to end up looking for it and tasting it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a lot of that, but I do. It, so real maple syrup. Mm-hmm. It's thinner. It, the, the flavor is not as sweet, but it's good. Yep. Not, you know, the table stuff, the, the corn syrup stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a lot of hints of that mm-hmm. initially. Yes. And then midpoint for me, like we talked about, I get almost um, – I don't know if it's the pea or or like a like a it's scotch. Scotchy. Yeah, it's a scotchy. It, it reminds no. me very much of that of that first sip of Glenlivet. Yeah, where you take that sip and you get that more. I see how you're saying earthy taste, like an yeah, earthy like taste. Pea, yeah, not so much bitter, but that realm of, of yeah. taste. Yes, it's the and, and then it, it just ends with everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still that maple that that still get the char stops. oak. Yeah, the char oak, very earthy. Yep, you know, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, woodsy. I don't want to say tobacco because it's not so no. high pitched like a tobacco, but mm. kind of just earthy flavor, not yep. spicy, just earthy all the way through for me. Yeah. Earthy all the way through. No other, you know, it's, it is sweeter. Um, I, not even floral, just an earthy sweet all the way through for me. Um, I'm getting honestly I, that, that maple for sure. And I like how you described it with it being the more pure form mm-hmm. of maple syrup coming straight out of the tree, because at the end of the day, you guys don't, don't get this confused. When we say maple barrels, we're talking about the tree. And it's really yeah. maple. Char- it's maple charcoal is essentially. Yeah, yeah maple mm-hmm. charcoal filtered yes. and then charred oak barrels. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And so, so it's not like it's blending. You're not taking Aunt Jemima <laughs> yeah. and just right. tossing it into a barrel and being like, "All right, we're going to make some whiskey." Exactly. This is this is maple charcoal. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially from the trees. It's from the maple trees themselves. Yep. And it's that's why you're not going to necessarily get like you, it's not tree bark, but it's also not corn syrup. Hundred mm-hmm. percent sugar. It's a flavor. very subtle yeah. sweetness. Exactly. For sure. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And just just by just from this five minutes of it being open from yeah. our first sip before we started the podcast, the the aroma of sweetness, the the taste 
is really heavy for me on the back end. I, I kind of see it like a like a pent up anger. It's just sitting in there, yes. and then you open it up and just a hundred kind of relaxes a bit. A hundred percent. And I mean, in all reality, the fact that this is a hundred proof, this is this is pretty smooth for a hundred proof. Oh yeah. Or is yep. it that your palate's finally given into which know, also happens our debauchery yes. here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, it wouldn't it wouldn't be far away from how I got started <laughs> drinking bourbon. I was basically forced to enjoy it because I was in this uh, fancy. Yeah, we twisted his arm when he came. Well, on board. no, no, no. Like, I, well, drink this shit. In all honesty, I was in. So I started drinking bourbon to preserve myself. And I, what I mean by that is, I was at a cocktail bar in Western North Carolina, a town of thirty two hundred people. So I had people that would come in and end their day at five p.m. with a PBR and a shot of Old Crow whiskey. Which, if you know wow. Old Crow, that is the plastic bottle bottom of the barrel, right? But that's what they loved. And when I first started working there, I would go in and I'd sit down and I'd yeah. get a Jack and Coke. And everybody would look at me and go, you're drinking Jack and Coke? Like, yeah. And then the, the owner, who was a bartender at the time, poured it. I'll never forget it. She poured me a Jack and Coke and she poured me a real bartender's Jack and Coke. So I took the first sip and I was like, eh, wait a second. I pushed it back across the bar. I was like, I'm sorry. Can, can you give me a little bit more Coke? And I'll never forget. She looked at me dead in the eye and she goes, aw. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, that's it. You realize you had a dress on? And yes. you're like, I am in the wrong place. <laughs> 100%. And from that moment on, it was always bourbon, whiskey, neat, yeah. or on a single on a single rock. Single rock, yep. And pro drinking tip for anybody out there. If you We're go giving out pro people, drinking tips now, just so well, you guys I, are hey, aware. Drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. <laughs> but this is going to help with that drink responsibly, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of public pressure to, to go out and drink, and people are pounding back drinks yeah. left and right. Yeah. I promise you. If you go into a bar with your friends and you order a whiskey bourbon neat or on the rocks, nobody is going to come up to you and be like, oh, you haven't finished your drink yet? Yeah. Because all you got to do is hand them the glass and go, here, do yeah. it. Finish it. Yep. <laughs> True. Well, and, and so many times you get poured and obviously we, I fancy myself a bourbon drinker and everybody's just knocking them back and I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm sipping this. This is yep. good stuff. Yeah. You well, know, especially, I mean, just look at the background. Look at all the effort and knowledge that went into this bottle alone. And experimentation. Exactly. You know? So it's like, granted, and we talked about it before. Cool. Let's get, let's get a Jack and Coke. Let's do even the old granddad we did. Let's do an old granddad and Coke or, or whatever. Which, by the way, I, after that Finish episode. No, well, yes. <laughs> Regretfully. Uh, but I went and got the old granddad bottom or bonded. Oh, okay. Game changer. We'll yeah. do that. We'll do a side too. by side. Yeah. That'll be one of the shorts on yes. the on the yep. on the podcast channel. Blind taste test is I what like we should it. do. I like it. Okay. Um, it's the yeah the the the, the team the the cringe at the yeah. back end mm -hmm. that you could. Yeah, this was distilled. Yeah. This one it feels like somebody's hugging the back of my throat. Yeah. yeah this lovingly. Is <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> does it give you? A, <sighs> it does give me a little bit of a creamy mouth feel. I need love it. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Three so, episodes in a row. And on that note, how much can we perfect. Go? So today's episode, we are going to cover, uh, like I said earlier, pros and cons of new builds. And understand, right? this subject is, is very subjective Absolutely. because the pros and cons are also influenced by the market. Mm -hmm. 100%. Because by the market and by personal situations. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. So yeah. It, understand that it's going to be very blanketed mm -hmm. statements and, yep. and subjective, but to the right now. Yep. Exactly. What's going on right and now. At, at the end of the day, the whole purpose of us talking about this is just, again, to arm you with the information. So if you're in a conversation, you're talking with an agent, and they start talking about different benefits, why to go here, why to go here, you don't feel like a deer in the headlights. You, you actually can have a leg in the conversation mm -hmm. and, and feel like you can, you can have that conversation with confidence. Give you questions you can ask the professional, mm -hmm. not advice to go argue with them. Yes. Say, hey, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Hey, I heard that this is going on. Because th that happens anyway. Yeah. You... you 
you're you're helping a client and their mom, uncle, grandpa, neighbor, and doctor know they're all of a sudden real estate agents. Exactly. And they they're gonna give you a ton of advice advice, what to do, what not to do. Well, I bought back in nineteen eighty four for fifteen percent and my my payment was hundred bucks. The house was also twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah, mm -hmm. we're trying to get rid of a lot of the stigma and get rid of a lot of the confusion. false information and yeah. confusion. Yeah. Absolutely. That, Just to highlight the confusion. Yeah. January, four million homes were sold across the nation. It's a lot of fucking homes. Mm -hmm. So for you as a consumer, for us to expect you to be able to one know enough about new construction, two to be able to make an informed decision without any sort of guidance. That's kind of what we want to make sure that we give you guys today. Um, so that you guys can go in and say, yeah, in Colorado alone, there's 30, 40 communities minimum that are new builds. How do you navigate them? So mm -hmm. we're going to go through that today. So let's go ahead and, and kind of start pounding out some of the, some of the pros that we have for new build homes. Who wants to start? Oscar, you want to start? Um, the pros with new now with yep. new, new construction is incentives. And, and that'll, that'll go with, if you want to buy a new build right now, right now is probably the best time because we're doing a little bit of research and it looks like buying is coming back. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more buyers coming back. And when that happens, the builder's incentives go away. Yep. Right now it was crickets for a little bit. Builders started cutting us out of the transaction. Like we don't need you or before. We don't need you. We got our own buyers coming in. They started dropping our commissions to the point where some of them were like half a point to Nothing, mm -hmm. right? So they were taking care of business. They were offering no incentives. You get what you get. Maybe they'll give you some upgrades in the design, and that was it. Right now, they'll give you incentives. What does that mean? They'll give you money for upgrades. They'll give you money for rate buy-downs. They'll give you money for... Free basements. Appliances, appliances basements. Yeah, yeah. There's elevations. I mean, there's a lot that goes into a house. Pros, you get to customize a lot of that stuff. I'm going to cons. I'll let you go with the con and we'll go back and forth. Um, well, so yeah, that's what I was actually going to do is I, I was going to see, let's all give a, a pro and then we'll all go through and give a con as well, just so it keeps it a little bit more structured sure. for people to follow, follow through. So I'll go ahead and give my pro on new builds. Um, and as somebody who comes from the, the tech retail space, one thing that I saw a lot of, and Jameson, you can attest to this as well, is smart homes are booming. You know, four years ago, you did not see a new build home unless it was you know, up and coming, the, mm -hmm. the new of the new, that's it, that actually advertised, we're Alexa ready, we're smart home ready. We, yeah, I think Lenaro was one of the first ones that started that, right? For four or five years ago. Right. So now you have, again, with these incentives that they're offering, you have so much more of an opportunity to be as up to date on your security. Your, I mean, they have, they have water heaters now that connect directly to your phone via your Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So you can check the status of that. A lot of, a lot of new construction is doing tankless water heaters. Mm -hmm. And that's just what they're doing yep. again they're, they're not putting in uh, mm -hmm. tanks tank, tankless water and again they push you to the new technology exactly with lennar said their communities have solar yep yeah exactly they, they're building them with solar mm -hmm. exactly and so for me it's especially because let's be honest it is difficult for those first-time home buyers right now to go into these new new builds i said a little more difficult but with that being said this also gives an amazing opportunity for older folks who want to be in that realm and have things that are mm -hmm. connected, have these security cameras, but they don't really know how it works and they don't know how to set it up. I mean, I remember going through at, at you know, the retailer that I was working at and people were spending $1,500 to $2,000 to set up three or four ring cameras. Yep. And it's like, wait, hey man, I could do that in 30 minutes for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? plug and play. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. And, and But I think having these new builds that are so focused on giving the amenities, giving these 
growth aspects and keeping it future focused is a really good opportunity yep. across the board. It kind of forces you to go get into the the new technology in the 21st mm -hmm. century. Mm -hmm. Are we 21st century still? Well, yeah, well, and, and not only that. I think we're pushed past that. I mean, a lot of consumers, ah, they're digital, I, I don't have keys to my house. Mm -hmm. Everything is by code and, yep. and, and fingerprint and all that stuff. I don't carry keys to my house. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, that's crazy. That's dangerous. And that's, security's there. I got a ring doorbell. The mm -hmm. internet goes down. There's ways around it. Yeah. So it kind of forces you into it. You're like, oh, that's actually really cool. There's mm -hmm. a log. Who could come in? Who comes mm -hmm. out? It alerts you when it opens. So mm -hmm. if someone's opening your door, you're gonna know it. Well, so, and things like Ring, you have you have communities that now that are able to come together and provide security for others that neighborhood watch exactly in ways that they've never been able to do that before. Now you have instead of going into a community where you have that resale home where it's like, oh, this home was built. I don't know if it's ready for fiber optic to handle all these you know high tech things that are going on. Now you have an entire community mm -hmm. that can help you with security, help you with video cameras, parking, whatever it is. That could also be a con. Um, so I real, my privacy. <laughs> real quick, at this point, anybody, just on this, yeah. come, just another <laughs> side note, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, two people from I'm, tech retail. Another so. side note, if you're watching this, most likely you're watching it on your phone, you're listening to it on your phone, you're using Apple CarPlay. If I hear one person say, I like my privacy, while they're talking on an iPhone 13, 14, 15 that has Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, <laughs> Snapchat, TikTok, etc., shut the fuck up. Okay? <laughs> you, you, have, you have given oh, up whatever privacy. And oh, by the way, most likely you are not important enough yes. for the federal government, government care. to yeah. give a shit. And you know what? My life isn't that interesting. It's pretty comical at times. Dude, and, <laughs> and we'll be whatever. honest, right? Charlie, to your point, just to kind of bring this back a little bit. Uh, people, the one thing we know about human beings is we will pay or sacrifice mm -hmm. for convenience mm -hmm. and security and security. That's hundred percent. To the it. point where we're like, Oh crap. Uh, what did I just do? Yes. Yep. 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 So I is mean, what it is. So yeah, topic subscriptions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Well, and that's, so that, that honestly, that when I was driving down here, I was trying to think like, what's, <clears throat> what's a pro that that's not really thought of as much. And, and for me, genuinely being in that retail space and seeing how many people struggle with that technology yeah. and growing, I think that is a phenomenal. And on the flip pro. side, seeing how, how it can make people's lives so much easier. I had so if you have that again, little side story, just again to to kind of just show how important the, these smart functions can be. Right, I had somebody who came in uh, when I was working at, at this retailer, and they had just they had just moved in. They were in the military. They had just bought a home, and they wanted to kind of upgrade a little bit, so they bought a Nest thermostat. Right, week and a half goes by. See the gentleman come back in, and he is ecstatic. And I'm like, oh, cool. I sold him something good. He's happy. He's going to buy something else. He walked up to me and he goes. Charlie, I just thank you so much for, for recommending this, the Nest to us because it actually located a leak mm -hmm. at, at, in, my, uh, in my ventilation system. What? He's like, yeah, I was paying an extra $45 to $60 a month because one vent was, was pushing out more air, had a little crack in it. The Nest found that for me. So yes, I get it. Having everything tied to the internet is scary, but it's there for a purpose. It's there to make your life better. Yeah. Right. Yep. Is there is there going to be side notes on technology? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. It's going to be for this exact purpose, mm -hmm. but there's going to be other like side notes of, oh man, but now it does this, yeah. but now mm -hmm. it's gathering too much information. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's gathering information to make your life easier, mm -hmm. but it is gathering information. Yeah. And I think the, the overall pro is the fact that you can now buy a brand new house and not have to pay extra exactly. for those conveniences. Exactly. Conveniences, installation, you know, the programming. Yep. Well, they, they come with an instruction booklet. The, mm -hmm. the, the associate there 
will run run through it or their soup will run through all yep. the smart devices of your home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even on top of that, I mean, it's it's one of those things where when you when you move into that house, having that peace of mind, mm-hmm. especially if you have young children. It's security. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time, the, the major human needs, security, food, water, shelter, yep. clothing. Oh, yeah. Right? My, my son's like... That's, like a puppy. It's you open the door and he just darts out the front <laughs> yeah. door and you're like, dude, get your butt back in here. Yep, yep. We know if the front door is unlocked and we rush to the front door because mm-hmm. Nolan's doing something. So it also helps. Absolutely. All right. So so we went over incentives as a pro. We went over technology as a mm-hmm. pro. Jameson, what do you got to add? Um, I got one that's a little bit different. And okay. I think it's... It, it, it's Challenge a, us. Well, so when you talk about new builds, right, mm-hmm. they want to sell what people are purchasing. Mm-hmm. So it gives them a unique advantage to be either at or ahead of what people are looking for. One thing that we've seen over pandemic, mm-hmm. actually there's been a couple, but I'll go through them. The first one we've seen is work from home. Yes. Right. So if you buy a resale house, it may not have a home office. Mm-mm. Okay. If you go and talk bedroom. to Lennar, Meritage, DR Horton, Richmond, any of the, we call them... You know, the big hitters. Yeah, the big hitters, but they're mm-hmm. the they're not custom homes, right? They've no. got usually four or five floor plans mm-hmm. per community, whatever. Track homes. One of the biggest things that you're going to see is flex spaces. And those flex spaces are there because the builder recognized, hey, the workforce is, at this point, we know that at least hybrid-wise, they're going to stay at home, mm-hmm. right? Because you have this mass migration of the cities into the suburbs. So the builders now, if you go and buy a brand new house, along with the incentives, the security, you also get floor plans that match what people need today versus if you buy a resale home that was built in 2007, 2008. Might have to knock down a wall. That wasn't an issue. So now Mm -hmm. you got to walk that, knock down a wall. You got to pay money for, Mm -hmm. um, you know, extensions. You got to finish a basement, maybe convert a bedroom, something like that Mm -hmm. to get something that now is necessary. Right. 2007. That's when my house was built. That's what I'm saying. But I got dope office in my house. Right. (laughs) But was it a bedroom or was it an office? No, it's a straight up office. You guys got to check it out. Right. It's awesome. So in, in that sense, you if you go new construction, you get to be more on the cutting edge of the designs of the homes. Mm-hmm. The second thing we saw is if you take the home office out of it, as affordability has eroded, mm-hmm. right? Two things are happening. You're getting in-laws moving in with their mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. or you're getting the kids graduating from college that are staying from home. Yep. So now what you're starting to see from a new build standpoint is multi-generational homes, mm-hmm. which you can't find previous to a home built really five years ago. Yeah. Well, right? and even on, on your flex room note there too, I, I remember when I when I first started last year, JC had me go through and tour a mm-hmm. bunch of the new bills and do showings in them. And something that really kind of blew my mind was <clears throat> the sales agent was pitching it to me with the idea of renting it out. Yes. And I had never run into that before. But on the note of those flex rooms, now, like we were discussing earlier, it's it might be a little bit harder to get in here. Right. But you have people who are buying in with renting in mind mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm going to buy this. And yeah, that, that could be an office. But as of right now, I want to make a little money off of this, this sure. asset and this investment. I'm going to switch that into a bedroom and I'm going to rent it out. Yep. But you look at like Richmond, for example, right? I toured one of their uh, one of their models out in Sterling Ranch, kind of the new Highlands Ranch is what we call okay. it. Uh, and their multi-generational are designed specifically with separate entrance separate garage, Mm -hmm. separate kitchen. So it is its own living space. And again, they say multi-generational to your point, you can use as a rental as well. But the point is new constructions will always be at the head of what individuals need because that's how they tailor their product. It's like everything else. Exactly. You don't take a survey. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you're going to buy a home in the next five years, 
what are the five features you want to see in that house? Yep. People are working from home. Affordability is eroding. Uh, rental income is a hot topic. So now they're going to build those homes to solve those problems for people mm. versus a resale home. You don't get that ability unless you want to dump your own money into making your house. And then now you have to deal with HOA restrictions. You have to deal with zoning laws, yep. um, contractors, of, contractors, all the, all the labor costs, everything else. Right. Yep. And again, time, energy, and knowing that your own home is going to be a construction zone potentially for months. Yeah. If, wait, I'm wait, gonna, wait. if I'm going to have, it's going to put you out at least a month and a half. We're getting, we're getting a little, little far ahead of ourselves here talking about some cons. Eh, no, I'm just saying it's a pro in the sense of, you know, you don't have to deal with that. It's a, yeah, okay. Um, I see what you're saying. It's a pro for new builds. It's a pro for new builds. Right. With so, the rice point of starting, stirring the ranch, you need, you need a multi-generational family. They're, they're up yes, there. yes. But right. to segue from that as well, within the, the realm of builder knowing what they're shying away from, unless you're, you know, custom higher end homes is traditional dining rooms. Mm -hmm. A lot of homes do not come with traditional dining rooms. They have the big. I hate dining rooms no one I, uses them i think they're pointless i, I use mine we, i was talking now. no we were talking about the other day and we have a sunroom yeah. that is essentially our dining room mm -hmm. and i've got a nice table yeah. in there right it seats mm -hmm. eight people mm -hmm. it's got some bright lights vaulted ceiling <laughs> i could count i've lived in that house for two years i could count on a single <laughs> hand how many times i have actually sat at that table this and, goes, and had this a goes meal. back to the conversation you know we were I mean? having beforehand like i'm getting ready to move in with my girlfriend yeah. in, in coming weeks and it's She's nice because it's a space, but I just don't fucking she use has, it. She has beautiful design ideas, and, and Oscar, as as an you know architect, architectural designer, you you get that a little bit more. But same thing for me is like I look at these things and I'm like, if it's not functional, right? Why do we have it? I mean, it's functional in the sense that it's extra space, so it makes yes. my house feel larger. Mm -hmm. It's because it's pretty. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's, it's nice. Like if it, if the sunroom wasn't there, I would hate my house because mm -hmm. it would feel cramped, right? But it's there. I can spread out if I'm entertaining and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I just don't use it very often. It's, yep, right? it's a generational thing. Exactly. They used to entertain a lot different back in the day. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I I use my dining room. I too have a big dining room table. I have one that seats twelve. When not the whole family comes over, mm -hmm. I like to host big holidays thanksgiving yes. and whatnot so that works but within my immediate family my wife and kids we eat in the kitchen i yeah, yeah, day eat day at my island or i eat sitting on we the have couch. we have a space in the kitchen <laughs> yeah. where we have a, a dining table it's it's a it's a space for that and that's where we eat but i'm gonna i'm gonna change that mm -hmm. i'm gonna do what the builders are doing i have an island but i'm gonna go the width of the island all the way to the the what are those bay window that where my 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 kitchen table sits? Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna have a six and a half by nine and a half foot island. Yep. Because nice. that's what builders are doing. Yep. You spend a lot of time in the kitchen. That's where you entertain. That's where you have the wine. You set out the hors d'oeuvres. You say, or you do dinner. Mm -hmm. um, we're not having twenty kids anymore. Yes. I mean, you don't need. We a bought our can't house. New well, you can't afford it, and you just don't <laughs> yeah. do that anymore. The the average family has three. Mm -hmm. Three kids, most, maybe yep. two. We Why bought our dining new rooms house anymore? because of our kitchen island. Yep. That's, That's literally awesome. walked and in. I'm envious of those big kitchen and islands. I, went, I love yep. to cook. And Why do awesome. people not do this now? Yep. And that's the big thing. So, yep. yeah. So, for, that, with, with the point is that yep. builders are to the times. Yep. Exactly. They're building to the times with the floor plans that are going to fit mm -hmm. the now. All right. So, what are the cons? All right, Jameson, you ended to start it off. Um, I think the biggest con, and again, this is situational, is when you buy a new build, you are essentially living in a construction zone, mm -hmm. unless you're the last house to be built, right? If you're the first house to be built, you need to understand that your life is going to be full of dust, rusty nails, mm -hmm. loud construction workers, music, 
Yep. Um, interruptions at 7 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. Till 7 p.m. sometimes. Yep. Uh, and it's a new construction home. And you need to understand that you're living in an established neighborhood. So your utilities may be in and out. Like there's a lot mm -hmm. of different things, but my biggest con would be just living in something that isn't necessarily like, oh, I feel peaceful. And Oh, I mean, you know, I, I won't even lie to you. I, I live across the street from two new built communities. One's like a, one's going to be like a, a an elderly yeah. kind of place. And then another one has these new townhomes, three stories with patio on top, all that. I am a block away mm -hmm. and I still hear, and I'm not, Please excuse me, gentlemen, but I still hear. And it's like, cool. Dude, that's a sound of production, <laughs> Six, baby. 6.30 a.m. I love it. Get me pumped. Let's go. I'm rocking it. You know I what? will I will tell you, though, because I've lived in now two new construction homes. Mm -hmm. It is kind of nice every once in a while. Like, if you need stuff done around the house, I've paid in a six-pack of Corona and gotten a couple of the crew members to come in and given them, Knock you it know, out. thousand bucks. Hey, can you guys, while you're here, you got somebody that can pave this mm -hmm. they'll do it for a thousand dollars in a six pack because they want to work which yep. is awesome and they're readily available like i don't have to go find a contractor or whatnot so yep. it's kind of cool we're talking about cons man we're talking about cons sorry yeah. sorry cons yeah <laughs> my bad that was a pro yeah. but yeah the con is you're living in a construction zone yeah that Absolutely. is that is what and, it is and that's people exterior, don't understand not interior that's exterior. exterior your neighborhood's gonna be under construction yes. for x amount and of people months. don't understand how intrusive that can actually be 100 unless you've lived in a new construction home and, and, mm -hmm. until you run over a nail exactly well and i can't tell you coming from three months carolina the, the clay that is in North Carolina, oh, yeah. when you have new build communities, you can follow that clay trail three miles oh, yeah. of all the all the cars and everything that's coming in and out. And and that is honestly a great point that, like Jameson said, I don't think a lot of people think about is, yes, you're getting a new build home, but think about what's going to be happening around you in that time frame that you're there. Hey, can I can I throw in like a totally random con of a new build? Yeah. Do you like Papa John's Pizza? or delivery of any sort, DoorDash, oh, yeah. Uber Eats. They can't find your house. They can't find your house. <laughs> Do you know how frustrating that is? If you sit there and you go, the Papa John's is 10 minutes away, and I call them, I say, hey, can you deliver a pizza? And they go, so, I'm sorry, we don't service sounds, your area. Sounds like you're speaking from experience. No, not at all. Never has this once happened. Uber Eats, sorry, we don't know where your house is. Jimmy John still doesn't deliver Nothing. my house. So <laughs> again, I, it's a weird one. Yep. But I swear to God, dude, the first like three or four months that we lived in our house, mm -hmm. and the crazy part was the rest of the neighborhood, we were phase three. The rest of the neighborhood was done. And we would call Papa John's and be like, yeah, you're not on our map, so we can't. So I'd have to go down there, pick it up, wait, <laughs> drive all the way back. Now my pizza's cold. I get in. Now I got to microwave the pizza warm up. It's not as good. I have a video oh, like You guys show up, up and be like, hey, can I, can I, can I borrow one of those warmer bags? Dude, because well, I got to go back That's a video of Jameson with like a folded, old folded up map walking in and just snap it open. Yeah. This is where <laughs> yeah, I live. I live right, right here. You guys have heard of MapQuest? <laughs> I'm here. So, but again, it's something people don't think about. Mm -hmm. If you're the first house built in new build community, you can't order Uber Eats or anything for delivery mm -hmm. until that neighborhood is complete. Yep. Yep. Something to think about. All right, Oscar, what, what, what would be a con for you? There's a few. Oh, okay. Two big ones is when you go into con contract with the builder, their contracts are heavily, heavily weighed in their favor. Can you expand on that a little bit? Um, so they have a certain amount of outs. You have to come in with a certain amount of money. Some uh, Nowadays, it could be up to 250 bucks, but usually it's 1% earnest money and it goes hard right away. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have many outs. Um, yeah, getting a deposit back from a builder. Nightmare. From a lender standpoint, you can't beat their lenders because they have agreements mm -hmm. and they're going to give you all these incentives. So you have to use their lender. So if their lender says you're solid, it doesn't matter if you go all the way through, you have to either close mm -hmm. or you're out that money. 
Obviously, yep. that's when we come into play as realtors mm -hmm. because a lot of people are like, oh, well, what do we need a realtor for? Absolutely. You don't need us, but we are your fallback. Yep. We are your um, uh, course of action. Uh -huh. You know, we're there for you. They might they might have skimped out a couple of square feet in the half bath or whatever. You incentivize. Yeah. Let's 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 resolve this. So their contracts are heavily weighed in their favor. So if you're under contract, they're either going to get you or you're going to close them. And then mm -hmm. they could push out as long as they want without gotcha. you having to, they, they don't have to comp, comp you for that. Yeah. But if you need to push out, they charge you a per diem. Well, and yeah. we were talking about this before, right? Yes. They, they have, so it's a good call out because yeah. you can sit there and if I go to, uh, who did I just visit the other day? Taylor Morrison. Mm -hmm. And Taylor Morrison's got three different communities. One's in Macanto, which is off Crowfoot, kind of Parker, Castle Rock border, right? I asked him, hey, what are your build times? Oh, build times are nine to 11 months, just fast, right? Mm -hmm. And a consumer will go in and go, sweet, my house from dig to drywall to final inspection move in is 12 months. Mm -hmm. How many times, and I see it on like Facebook neighborhood pages all the time in new build communities. My builder, I'm on month 17. What's my recourse? Yep. What people None. don't understand the is contract. the contract is mm -hmm. built to where they will give themselves 24 months to finish that house. Yep. And if your plans are, well, I sold my house or I can only, my lease is up here. You have to understand that that 24 months is built in against you, like Oscar said. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything about and, it. And, and they're held to one other factor. Outside of all the real estate stuff, um, lenders, timelines, mm -hmm. uh, build out, COs, mm -hmm. certificate of occupancy. If they are, if they miss one thing, county's not going to give them that, that cert. Well, and, I don't, and they got to fix it. And well, it could be anything. I think Jameson has a pretty fun story for us on, on that note. Oh, yeah. I had one here in Castle Rock, too. And yeah. my buddy, and it was a good friend of mine, you know who you are, he was living in a short-term apartment. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to be done November of the prior year. We went into December. You know, snowfall pushes. Weather is another mm -hmm. factor. It pushes out the build, pushes out the build. We were done. We were supposed to close January. His lease was up. They had rented it to someone else because we were pretty much done. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get CO because the front porch pitch of the concrete was off by 3%. Mm -hmm. He had to go stay in an extended stay hotel for a week. And they poured it and it snowed that day. <sighs> so we had to break it and Redo report. It. It, was a, it was a headache. And did the builder reimburse him? Nope. The builder right. was like, sorry. Well, I mean, yeah. we can't control the weather. We mm -hmm. can't control the inspector. We did what we did. I got on them. I got them to reimburse them their hotel fees, and right. I got them a thousand dollars. And I like this honestly because there's a, a good parallel, or, or not even a parallel, but a, a reverse it's, side to your story, yes. Jameson's story. But I want to I want to call out what Oscar just said. That to me is the most important piece because they were working with a realtor. That realtor was able to exert pressure on the builder from a business to business standpoint. Oh, it wasn't even just a phone call either. No, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. you got them something that the builder would not normally mm -hmm. give them. And I would be willing to bet that had a realtor not been involved in that conversation, oh, yeah. they your would buddy would have just They would have probably gone into yeah, March. They would have got run over. Because the I had to call the inspector. I right. called the, the Castle Rock inspection office, right. talked to one inspector and got the main inspector. And he goes, Oscar, I hear you. Have them build it out of wood. I'll go give you the CO and have them pour it later. I'll get it done. The soup was like, nope, can't get a hold of the inspector. We're not going right. to do it. He's not going to. No, no, no. The, I talked to the inspector. So I got on his ass first. Second, the sales rep was like, can't do it. My hands are tied. My hands are tied. Okay, I'm going to go above you. I started making phone calls. I went on LinkedIn and friended the director mm -hmm. of 
that builder, I won't name the names, and I had a direct line. I got a phone number to them and I told the associate, we could go one or two ways. I could go above your head and talk to her directly because I know you haven't. Well, well, we're going through another management. This manager, you know, she's new and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, well, get that new manager to comp them something. Yep. And that's just a good, a good favor, mm -hmm. a, a good faith of your mix up, whether it is your fault or not. They are in dire straits. They have two kids in a hotel room. Yep. Get them something. I don't well, care what it is. And your story went on the, the realms of they got the CEO or they couldn't get the CEO because they were trying to make something right. Jameson, go ahead and share your story. Yeah, so mine was different. Uh, we got a CEO. We, we had the people move in. Mm -hmm. uh, and then like two days after they moved in, their basement flooded. <laughs> oh, tell me, what happened? It was weird. So apparently... <laughs> Uh, when you this. get a certificate of occupancy, you have to pass certain permits and checkpoints, one of which is plumbing, mm -hmm. right? You got to make sure that the water can make it from the house to the sewer to the city water system. Mm -hmm. And what we found was this house, new construction, right, uh, was missing about 16 feet of the main plumbing line in the basement. That is a lot. So what happened was they turned on the shower. Where'd the water go? Basement. It went through half the house. Then it spilled out into the basement. We went over there, looked up, and I'm seeing where the water's coming out because I, I had them go up and turn the shower on. I'm, it's just pouring. Nice. I don't even, I don't do it. I just tell them to turn the water off and uh, call the sales rep. Hey, can you come down the street? We got we to gotta take a look at this. Comes down, turn the water back on. I go, just watch. He looks at it and he looks at me and I go, how did this happen? He goes, I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Just an open pipe shooting water. Just into an the open basement. pipe. Sixteen feet of main sewer line mm. missing in the basement. Mm -hmm. Still got a certificate of occupancy. Mm. And the reason that's a con is because you realize that as you're building out a community, and this is a small of community, eighty-five. This community plus maybe homes. has forty-five homes, fifty mm -hmm. homes, right? If you're in a three hundred, I live in Carriage Hills. Carriage Hills has almost four hundred and fifty homes, yep. right? But if they're building them all at the same time fuck-ups will happen mm -hmm. and that's the con and they can happen before and if they catch it great but they can happen after and you go oh my god how did this get through and, and that's a con they try something to sweep it under the rug exactly and, yep. until they could because they want to turn and burn i would and, and i wish they were honest i mean one so of my, one of my favorite comedians tom segura uh, has a bit where he says the best customer service line i ever got was some people are just shitty yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. and and uh, just honestly, for the for the sake of time, because we're already almost fifty minutes in, and we damn, wait, damn. Went, right went over new builds. Um, my con is honestly just going to piggyback off of what Oscar said: is that it's controlled by outside factors like weather. You have construction costs, lumber. Look at what happened last year. People paid a certain amount for their yep. homes to be built. Lumber costs went up, and they got a text or an email or a phone call. Hey, so actually. This is going to go up a little bit. There's nothing that protects you on that. Correct. So that's just something to be mindful of is new build homes have other factors outside of your control that will affect your purchase, your length, your the time length, whatever it is. And for me, that is that is a con that I personally mm -hmm. don't like because I'll be honest with you, I like the control. I like knowing when, how, yep. who, and for somebody to call me on a house that I probably just drained my savings on and be like, Oh, yeah, man, by the way, you're going to have to wait another four months or pay an extra so many thousands of dollars. And with that said, as a realtor, we are your recourse. That's yes. the word I was looking for. We are your recourse for all of this. Two things really fast. One, know what the build-out cost is going to be. Mm -hmm. Starting price could be 500000 
But after upgrades, which they're shying away from a lot of this, some are just, this is what we're offering. Everything is just, it comes with the house. But after you're done with the design center, you could be at six fifty, dollars $100,000, sometimes. On top of that, when you have a good realtor, sometimes their lender won't tell you that your house is going to be assessed within the year. And they got to guess what that's going to be. So your first year payment's going to be at this price point. Mm-hmm. Year two, they're gonna they're gonna do an assessment on your house. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It was dirt back then, so the value was a lot less, and you could have been paying like fifty bucks for your taxes. Yep. Guess what? Now your your taxes are four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. five hundred dollars. Yep. yep. So that's another bit of information you should know up front. And I always always bring it back to ask your lender what they have guessed what your taxes are going to be. Hopefully they guessed high, and they look good because yeah, you good lenders will guess high. Absolutely, hundred percent. Good lenders will guess high. Yep. Other lenders will sleep it on the rug, qualify yep. you. Next thing you know, you can't afford your house because yep. now you're paying six hundred dollars. I used two very good lenders, and both new builds that I had mm-hmm. the second year after it was reassessed, I got a refund of fifteen hundred dollars. Yep, check. Yep. Awesome, go. cash yep. money, baby. But because they 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 yep. uh, they guess high. So. Yeah. So um, covering the the new build homes, these are some great pros and cons that you see when you have these new build communities. And this is just something that you guys can look for as you're looking to make the decision between, hey, do I go new build? Do I go resale? So that's why we wanted to cover this topic um, just of of new builds in general, because it is an option. It is a great option. It is a tasty option with all the different incentives that they throw at you and all the different things that you can get from going new build. But I think arming you guys with this information and showing you the positives and the yeah. negatives is going to be the the best option for you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I want to add, before we get into the rock takeaways, I do want to add from a statistical standpoint, as you guys are shopping and you listen to the pros and cons, and let's say you do decide, hey, a new build is what I want to do, <clears throat> make the decision sooner rather than later. Oscar touched on it previously. I'm going to give you guys some statistical data mm-hmm. to back it up. We look at new build sentiment every single month, right? Mm -hmm. And essentially it's on a scale from zero to a hundred on how confident builders are in the housing market every single month. And between January of 2022 and December of 2022, we had 12 straight months where new build sentiment and builder sentiment decreased significantly to where we were at a 36 out of a hundred in December. Yeah. January was the first time in 12 months that we increased and we're at 42, okay? Mm-hmm. If you look at the next six months projection, we think that's going to go to 48, which would then be five more months of increased builder yep. sentiment compared to last year. Mm-hmm. The reason that's important is because as builder sentiment increases, all basically what they're saying is we think people are going to come back and buy our houses mm-hmm. and we are more and more confident. And as they do that and project it, guess what's going to disappear? The incentives that make new builds so freaking good. Yes. Um, for example, there are builders right now that will do, again, we touched on it, uh, rate buy-downs. Yep. Right? And on, mm-hmm. on average, you're at about 48 4.9% mm-hmm. permanent, 30 years, which yep. is crazy. Mm-hmm. Which means the builders are essentially taking money out of their pocket they're buying a bulk of rates and they're giving it to clients, right? And a 4.9% to compared to where we're at today, which is 6.8, 6.9, somewhere on there, you're talking three, $400 a month difference in your monthly payment over 30 years. No rate buy down, no, no three, two, one rate you buy get, down temporary. Get. It is permanent for 30 years. Fantastic. The reason you don't see every new builder doing it at the same time is because they have certain cash. They essentially sell houses 
whatever profit they get, they then reinvest into buying these rate buy downs. It's in the budget. Yeah, it's in the budget. So you'll see a Richmond community do it for three or four weeks. So they run out. <clears throat> then a Lennar company will do it for three or four weeks. Then another Richmond com- uh, community in a different area will do it. So you have to time it, which is why you work with us because we're up to date on yep. where those incentives are. Mm. But if in the next six months, the builder sentiment continues to increase, those are going to disappear. Doesn't mean rates are going down. It just means that your opportunity to buy a house at a 4.99% could potentially be disappearing pretty quickly. Absolutely. So they're not going to be giving you the cash anymore. And on top of that, what's going to happen? Rates are going to climb up a little bit. Yep. They, they, they took it a significant drop. They yep. had inventory that they couldn't move. So what mm-hmm. do they do? They can't hold on yep. to this. So they, they, they don't give it away, but they get better pricing on it. On, the top, of the, on, on top of the incentives. <laughs> yeah. yep. So when yep. the incentives go away, prices start climbing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not be the best time to buy New builds, but people that want new builds are going to buy. Yep. yep. But you buy. look at it. Like we just, I just did a DR Horton home that we got their rate in, we closed January, sometime in January, 3.99%. Yep. Not only that, we negotiated the purchase price mm-hmm. down $20,000 and they gave us backyard landscaping, which is 20 grand by itself. Yep. Right. So if you guys are out there and you're looking and you're thinking, Hey, you know what? New builds might be an option. Reach out to us. We will yep. give you where the deals are at. What it is, it's hard to link to it because they change all the time. We just got to go visit them. But we'll visit them. We'll talk about it. Let us know if you guys want that information. We can give you kind of a guide. But it's something that I think is going to go away in the next 6 to 12 months if we start to see buyer activity continue to ramp up. And check out the Mile High Perspective on uh, on, on YouTube because we're going to have walkthroughs. Yep. That will go a little bit more in depth on this. Exactly. So really I quick, think before we go, the, the last new bill that I did, mm-hmm. they, they incentivized payment. Mm-hmm. With, the, with the rate buy down, they gave them 20 grand to do either rate buy down or mm-hmm. uh, appliances and whatnot. And I got them to do fencing and backyard landscaping. The fencing and landscaping alone is like 15 grand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Time, mm-hmm. looking for contractors, yep. getting it scheduled, all off their plate. Yep. All righty. So now I think it's time that we do our, uh, our one rock takeaway. So again, the one rock takeaway is the concise kind of our overall one or two sentence takeaway for new build homes. Uh, I'll go ahead and start it off. My one rock takeaway for new build homes is take a look at your options, know what you're looking for, what you want in the home, and see what builders account for that and see what builders work best for you. Cool. Oscar? I don't have one. (laughs) I like it. I've had a bad, a, a bad last few years with builders. No, I mean, I've had some really good builders. I've had some really good bad ones. Um, you know, we're your recourse, but we're also your knowledge. We're also your guinea pigs because we'll walk in and talk to the sales rep, get to know them. I've, I've got to know a few sales reps that I'll call them and say, hey, what do you got going on? They'll give me the skinny on it and say, hey, I got some clients mm-hmm. for you. Or, you know, they'll call me up and say, hey, I got some clients that need to sell their home. So it's a good relation for us to have. But on top of that, again, do you need us for new construction? No. Is it a good idea? Yes, because builders are going to pay us regardless. They're not going to take it off your your plate mm-hmm. or your incentives. They budget it for that. It's free. Where your where your recourse on that? Like we're the it. ones that are going to go up to bat for you. And if if if, if, if worst case scenario things go bad, we hold the license. So come look, come talk to exactly. me. Exactly, Jameson. I usually don't like to like. I don't know, spur people into action. Mm -hmm. Like this deal's going to expire. I hate that shit. I hate it. Buy now. Exactly. (laughs) However, fire sale. If I'm looking at the data and I'm looking at new build incentives, I'm looking at new builder 
um, confidence. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the amount of action we're seeing in the market. I'm looking at the potential of interest rates going down, which is going to loosen up money for buyers. If you're looking to maximize your purchase on a new build, do it within the next six months. I think that's a good, yeah, I think that's a good. That's that's what I'm going to tell you because sure. once those disappear, Richmond's given $50,000 towards basements. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Right? If yep. I finish the same basement as Richmond does and I use my own contractors, that basement's 75 grand. It just basic. is what it is. Basic. basic. Yep. So if you're looking to buy, I don't mean to be an alarmist, but I'm looking at the trends. Yep. New builds are going to have the best deals within the next six months. And that's coming from the stat guy. Stat guy, and I'm going to back him 100%. <laughs> yep. I think right. that's spot on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now we move on to the to, to the portion where, you know, it's the bourbon review. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Do it again <laughs> one more time. The bourbon review. I like it. Oh. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So as you guys know, for our bourbon review, we, we go based off of rocks. And we rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst, because the more ice you have to put in a, in a bourbon, usually the worse it tastes. So I'm going to go ahead and start it off. I will say that from the first sip, from the first smell. It gets better, doesn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, I was excited to taste it because I smell the sweetness, especially with the story and how they make it. Yep. I was very excited to try it out. And, and I will say, as I've drank it more and as I've sipped more, it's opened up a little bit more. I really, really like this bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when I say I like it, don't don't take my rock rating as my my willingness to buy it is what I mean. And what what I what I'm going to give it a three on my rock rating. The reason okay. I give it a three is because although it does have some complexity to it, it does have flavor to it. Uh-huh. I feel like in the comparison to other twos that we've given, it is not as complex and the the alcohol taste, the burn is a little bit more, is a little bit stronger than some of the what other. What was the last two? Um, the the smoke Elijah wa- Craig, the smoke, the smoke wagon. What was the Elijah Craig private? Private, private toasted. Elijah no, Craig no, toasted. it was a barrel proof. It was the barrel proof Elijah Craig, yeah. right? It was mm-hmm. the two. Yes, and that was also, I think that was hundred proof. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's where that's where I'm giving it the. I, I can't really give it the two only because I feel like there could be a little bit more complexity, although. That's not taking away from the fact that you do have a lot of flavor in this. It does sit very smooth on your tongue. It, I love the taste of it. But in comparison, using, using our you know, past bourbons, I think I'd sit this right at about a three. Okay. Um, it's tasty. It's a tasty bourbon. I like it. I, I truly like the flavor. The taste is there. Again, I like more in depth for my palate as well. Um, it's complex. There's a lot of complexities to this bourbon. It doesn't taste young or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. The 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 hunter proof is spot on with with the drinkability. It's a tasty, tasty bourbon. Great history. Yes. Wonderful history. Um, it it's 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 the American story, right? Hundred percent. Probably the one of the most American best stories. best one of the best stories we've had on on the podcast. Tasty bourbon. I'm gonna give it a three just because I like a little bit more in-depth bourbon, mm-hmm. but that does not take away from it's a good tasting bourbon. 100%. I 100% will buy it again. What's the cost on this? Fifty nine dollars for fifty bucks. I'll buy it all day. Yeah. Sixty bucks. I'll buy it all day. And they have so this is the premium, right? Mm-hmm. They've got another version that is forty five percent that is also very good. That one's thirty nine bucks. Nice. So okay. again, potentially another uh, blind taste test for the YouTube channel yep. that we're launching. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I agree with my my fellow Cohorts. connoisseurs here. I really do. Uh, I'm going to give ourselves connoisseurs yet. What's at this point, <laughs> at this point, we've drank an, a, enough bourbon that I think we can be 15? connoisseurs. Is this 15 bourbons? 15 yeah? bottles of Just bourbon. Just selling the podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like a it. fine line being a connoisseur of bourbon and, and an alcoholic. alcoholic. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I will also give it a three. And I agree with what both of these gentlemen have said so far, right? Uh, I'm going to add a little bit to it. The difference between this and the Elijah Craig private select that we had mm-hmm. is... I don't even necessarily know if the Elijah Craig was more complex, but the aftertaste lingered yes. for a touch longer mm-hmm. to where like, this is good. It, it goes from, you get the initial kick, then you get kind of the maple and then you get the earth and then it just kind of falls off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't sit mm-hmm. on the palate. Whereas the Elijah Craig that we've given yes. two, one and a half, I think I gave it a one and a half yeah. two. that to me has been the difference that it sits and you can, and I think we talked about it actually in the review. Yep. You can just kind of feel it yes. for a little bit. It's a little and more then, involved. Exactly. But that also was how much? 80 bucks? Uh, if you find it. 85? Yep. It's right there. So again, now you're talking a $30 swing. Yes. Which is the difference of old granddad, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for $59, I, I, I would put it up against it for the price. Yep. And right? the history. Yeah. And the history. Yep. But for the taste, I think it's three. We say this every week. I, I keep forgetting to bring it in. If you smoked this... <laughs> We've been talking about this. I know. For how long? I forgot. I, I, I Send me a text message of, beforehand. Just I let me know. I bought a bunch of wood in. to smoke, and I've been promising. But if you smoke this with like some cherry wood or hickory mm-hmm. chips, let it sit for about five, six minutes and let it settle, yep. I think it would make it a phenomenal sipper. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I, I had people over, and I, I when I had invited you guys to the to my house, yep. and um, I smoked a couple of a bourbon taste. One of my cousins was like, um, outside of getting cancer from the smoke, what am I supposed to be tasting? <laughs> I was like, dude, shut up. Yep. Well, and it's funny because things like that are it's not for there. everybody, but exactly. it's, it, it adds flavor profile exactly. to someone that knows bourbon. Yes. yes. Well, and with that being said, thank you guys for another awesome episode. Remember we are launching our new, uh, YouTube channel. It is the mile at the mile high perspective. And you can get in contact with us, all three of us. It goes between all three. You can call or email. The email is R-E-S-O-T-R at themilehighperspective.com. Yep. And I apologize, but I haven't remembered a phone number since 20, 2010, I think. So, Jameson, what's the phone number? Listen, put this in you guys' directory, all right? <laughs> 303-578-0263. For those you of you too young the- to have, like, rotary phones. For- <laughs> Come on. For those of you in the back. 303-578-0263. It'll ring all three of us. Uh, we'd love to help you guys out, answer any questions. Um, we're going to, like I said, we got some really cool it's things to launch. It's going to be, be fun. fun. Stay tuned because we're going to have a lot of, a lot of not only good real estate stuff, but a lot of fun stuff. Gentlemen, cheers to another great episode. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Have a wonderful week. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Mile High Perspective.